Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen, and I love talking to creative people about how they do their thing, and this week I have a first, my first acrobat. His name is Rocco LaPere, and I met him while I was on The Regal Princess, um, working on a show there, so um, we did the recording on my iPhone while laying out by a pool in St. Thomas, but I think it sounds okay. Um, Rocco's like this amazing acrobat and he has a really interesting story. So, uh, I never talked to an acrobat before and it was a lot of fun. So before we get to that, um, a little, uh, reminder that you can visit DennisAnyone.net. Uh, there you can subscribe to my newsletter. You can see, uh, pictures from past podcasts. All the podcasts are laid out there. You can donate to my virtual tip jar, which helps me keep the podcast free and pay for things like web hosting and different little gadgets that I need and so forth. Um, I really appreciate it. All right, without any further ado, here is Rocco LaPere. All right, guess where I am? I'm on a beautiful... uh, I'm going to start again. Guess where I am at? I'm in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, hanging out at the Marriott Pool, looking out at the bay and the Regal Empress, uh, the Regal Princess cruise ship that I've been sailing on. I don't even know the name of the ship. Um, and my guest is an acrobat named Rocco LaPere. You're my first acrobat on the, the Dennis Anyone podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much. Appreciate now, it. Now, uh, when did you first start doing tricks? What was your gateway into becoming an acrobat? Well, uh, I did a year in the U.S. Uh, Armed Forces Army. And, right on. Uh, you thanks. were in the Army, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, where did you, did you, were you stationed, where were you stationed? Iraq. Holy shit! You were in Iraq, man. Uh, yeah, but uh, it should be noted it wasn't it wasn't like uh, especially dangerous at the time or whatever. We were just detainee ops, prison glorified prison guards essentially. Holy man! Wow. Okay, that's a whole other. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. But um, so, when did you start doing acrobatics? Right. So I um, I was a really skinny guy when I went over, and I we were worked, working really long hours. So I started just training myself to be less frail. You know, uh, less puny. And when I got back home, I was strong. I met people doing very amateur level acrobatics, not anything you'd want to watch right. in a show. Um, but uh, it was enough for me to get a glimpse of something that I didn't know really existed. Right. And I gave it a shot. It was pretty easy to do. And I got a little bit of formal training, 14 hours. It was your total formal training. Yeah, for, wow. yeah not not uh, that's hours, not months, or yeah. uh, or years. But uh, it was enough to make a really terrible nine-minute show that I performed on the street. So you would do like I guess like busking. Is that called busking if you're a yeah. acrobat? Yeah. So that's you would, exactly right. And where what streets were you on? Where what city? Uh, this was just my hometown. Um, I started with uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. Right. And uh, this the nine-minute show was actually quite terrible. But it was uh, just good enough that the local television uh, crew recorded my show and shared the footage with me. Wow. Which let me build a promo video that I used to sell to a festival. That's so cool. Now, what are you, the first tricks you learn how to do? Like handstands and things like that? Handstands. Uh, uh, flags. I don't know if I should probably describe that. Yeah, what is flags? Uh, so... Um, uh, I, I work now mostly with, like, uh, one of my main apparatus is a uh, Chinese pole. And right. basically it's a pole that can be 8 feet to 40 feet, whatever. Right. And a flag is, uh, 
any type of move where you kind of pretend to be a flag. As right, in so you're holding your body out horizontally. Exactly. Nice. Yep. And you, I've seen you doing some of that on the ship. You perform mostly in the middle section, the piazza, where people come around. And it's probably not that different from performing on streets where people kind of come in and go and... You know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. a, a show where the curtain goes up and there you are. It's like people... It's kind of like street theater in a way. Oh, yeah. It's in the round. Right. And uh, it's quite interactive. It's very easy. Uh, one nice thing about it over the stage, which I also love to do, is that you can go right up to somebody and sit right in their lap, drink their wine, whatever, mess with the crowd however you right. like. And it's quick to get there. You don't have to, you know, go around the stairs and turn on the house lights and then try to find your way and pick the right volunteer you can just go right out there was there a moment that you fell in love with it when you realized i really love doing this i want to keep doing it i want to do it for my job that's a tough one you know uh i would call it a gradient of an experience like i i could i you know i can't pick that one time but you kept at it helped yeah, doing cruise work helped because you get to travel around and yeah. it's easy too. Yeah. It's very easy. It's so easy to it's easy to coast. Right. No you, pun you, intended. you know where you're performing, you know where your thing is, you're yeah. you stay put for a while. Yeah. Where's the best place you've ever like done street performing and the worst? Okay. Uh best place. One of the best when I did street and I that was kind of a short period of my career, but when I did street the best place was uh, downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, Buskerfest. This and, is in uh, Canada. Yep, this was okay. in Canada. That's right. Buskerfest means there's a whole ton of buskers. Yeah, so there were six be- of us. competing with... Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, it was my first festival. Right, okay. Um, but nobody else's. Right. And I wrote my act uh, on the plane and in the hotel. It was the very last minute that they took me. Right. Nice. And, uh, I actually, out of hat, like, you know, that's how you kind of tell how you did, is how much money you made to some right. extent, right? Uh, I did third out of six on my first festival. That's I got very good. so lucky. So what, what would you make? Like, you make X amount a day, or is just, yeah. Yeah, about a thousand U.S. a day wow. on that festival. Yeah. They were very generous. Throwing money, man. You're making yeah. it rain. Yeah, it's great, too, because they have uh, loonies and toonies there, so it's like metal coin. Right, so it's easy to chuck a two in there, but it's two bucks. That's yeah. good. Yeah, they want to get it out of their pockets. Right. And the really funny part is I had a duffel bag right. that I was carrying in, and it's totally like Scrooge McDuck at the end of the day. Yeah. Taking sh- that duffel bag of his... coin. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. Now, um, where was the worst place you played? Or, like, oh, why did I take that gig? That was the worst. Boy, there's competition for that. uh, (laughs) I think all performers have that story. I do have... I did a bit of a tour, a U.S. tour, shortly after the uh, Canadian Festival. And I had set up a whole bunch of places to go. And I made, like, 50 bucks over two weeks. Wow. It was really hard. I slept in my car which was a Honda Civic, right. but the back was fully loaded, so I had to sleep across the front two seats, and the brake uh, yes. was right there, right in my back when I slept. That is not comfortable. Not so much. No, and you can't even make that work. All right. Yeah. Um, what Do you also learn to juggle and ride a unicycle? Like, how, did, how do you just start picking up these new skills? Well, um, you know, that's a hard one to answer. Like, I guess... Over time, I kind of just, I would see somebody do it, and, you know, if they learned it, it must be possible for me. Did you feel like, do you realize at a certain point that you just have a natural affinity for this kind of stuff? Like, things come, if you work at it, you, you, you can do it. 
I, uh, Whereas some people could probably never do those things, no matter how much they work. You know, it's funny. I feel like I don't have a natural propensity to any of these things, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, you know, I come from a family of uh, that aren't tremendously fit. Right. You know, so there's not much genetics there, I guess. And uh, on top of that, I mean, they're not, you know, out of shape or anything, but there's no athletes right. in my family. And uh, I kind of feel like... I really believe in hard work, and I don't believe in talent, but uh, luck was in there, too, for sure. Right. How did you end up working on the ships? Uh, ships, uh, actually, I got through Facebook, in fact. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, yeah. Zuckerberg. Yeah, yes. social media for the win. How did you do that? Uh, there was uh, an ad put up for uh, by my current agent for um, uh, Variety Acts, especially Diablo, which is uh, a sort of uh, sometimes it's called Chinese yo-yo a bit of a misnomer but they call it Chinese yo-yo sometimes and uh, at any rate it's an object manipulation skill which I could not really do do you what do you use Diablo what are there props involved yeah you have um, uh, two two hand sticks with a string in between oh yeah and it's it's sort of like a a big yo-yo a really big one that you can throw off the string catch again Okay. And do a bunch of other tricks with. Right. I, I've seen that before. Right. Right. And I could do. Uh, I could do. What I could do with that prop at that time, I could teach you in 20 minutes. Right. And I had that. Me doing that amount of skill in my um, promo video with a clever camera trick where I was throwing split screen to myself. Right. And they really liked that. And I think that's what gave me the shot. It was a skill I really didn't have. So you, you faked it with the camera thing, but it got you in the door. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, they started representing you, and, and awesome. Yeah, and then they started liking the stuff I actually do, which is nice, because they asked me, to, can you make a 20-minute show with this prop, which I did. Right. I learned it fast, before my first contract. So there must be moments where you're, like, just pulling stuff out of your butt, right? Oh, yeah. Like trying Constantly. to... That's, like, your career. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it wasn't like you grew up, you know, in a family of people that did yeah. this, and so many people... Now, you've worked with um, different partners, right? That's right, yeah. Men and women. Your current partner is uh, your wife, yeah? That's right, yes. And um, what's, uh, how did you first connect with your uh, previous partners? How do you find a partner? Right, uh, well, I had done some solo touring and touring with, like, different Cirques, like one out of Belgium and wherever else. And uh, so I had a skill set already, and I knew that I wanted to do more, like, hand-to-hand acrobatics, which right. is, like... A big class of tricks where you're basically balancing on another person, right. usually handstands of some kind. Right. Um, and uh, I was visiting a training center in Vermont, New England Center for Circus Arts, and I met a really beefy young kid, uh, Micah. Right. And uh, Micah is a total acrobat name, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. Sounds like Eastern European. So Rocco, by the way. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for that. Right. Uh, oh yeah, and he. Um, he actually came to me because he wanted to get this, uh, he needed a partner, a male partner for uh, a one-off gig. Right. So we built an act for that one gig, and it never even came through. Wow. But so we did had you, the act. But you, so you worked with him for quite a while? Uh, worked with him for maybe three weeks on that. Okay. Uh, not tremendously long, but if you have the skills, even though we weren't at a great level yet, it's yeah. kind of modular. Now, when you were working with somebody like Micah, you are often the top person in any kind of acrobatic That's trick right. or, you know, whatever. But now, with your current partner, uh, uh, she's uh, your wife. And is it, is it Kira? Kira. Kira. That's Kira. exactly right. Okay. Kira. I, I thought so. 
Because um, Xanadu, that's the name of the character in Xanadu. Huh. Yeah, and uh, so you had to be the bass now. So you had to kind of yeah. flip roles. How, what has that been like? That's, that's interesting because really, 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 she should get somebody that's like twice my size. Right. But uh, uh, I met her on the Caribbean Princess and we hit it off. She was working ships, actually. She was working shops. So she was in the I, boutiques. That's she right. wasn't even doing any kind of performing. Yeah. And so she you never recruited had. her over to this crazy world of show business. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting in its own. She one day we uh, my my partner and I, Micah, we were just training in Halifax and we told her where we were going and she actually showed up. Because the ship was in us. that day or something? Yeah, wow. That's right. That's right. So she showed up to see what it was like. Yeah. And she tried it out and she was I say I don't believe in talent, but, you know, she's a clear counterexample. She really did have some serious ability that was latent because all she'd done is retail, essentially. Yeah. But she could do some moves already, even with, you know, little me. Yeah. You know, instead of a big guy. It's just kind of surprising. Is it weird performing on ships with the hard floors and the marble and bouncing around? Is it, does it tough on your body? You know, I think it can be, like... When I flip the... Yeah, uh, I see you do those backflips. Yeah. I, the pads on my feet take a bit of a beating, but I think it's totally work. I, I dig it. I totally dig it. Yeah. I like the marble, too. It's, I don't know, it's clean, and it's it's a beautiful place to perform. It's yeah. bright. Yeah. You know, at least I have good lighting. You know, in a theater, and I have done theater work, sometimes you have smoke, you have strobes, and doing a flip in there is kind of sketchy, too, because you can't see the ground that clearly all the time. What's you the know? worst thing that's ever gone wrong for you during a performance? Oof. Did you ever hit somebody with yeah. your juggling pin, or did you ever hurt yourself really bad? We had one... There's only one really bad incident that happened in my career, and it was our very first show with Mike and I in Cirque Polynesia, Hawaiian show. Right. And the very first performance, um, we were doing... Uh, I was hand-balancing on his hands, and he does a trick where... We do a trick together where he lays all the way down... Right. Well, I'm balanced on his hands in a handstand. And uh, I fell forward uh, onto my head, and I lost a few moments of time where I don't know what happened. The next thing I remember, I'm backstage with an ice pack, but I oh don't... Oh, my God. I still don't have those moments. They're, they're like, they're blackout time. And, wow. Uh, was it near the beginning of your set? Or it was what? the... Yeah, it was like... Uh, mid, actually, it was midway through that act. But we'd never missed it up, messed it up before in any right. any rehearsal. Just nervous, first time performing with that partner in that yeah. venue. But uh, you know, the funny part is they actually got it on camera. There was like they blacked out the stage, right? But there was an infrared camera. Holy smoke! And you can see the both of us like we have no idea what's going on. We're just kind of looking at each other stupidly. And then somehow I found my way in the dark off stage, and he followed me. But I don't remember. I don't wow. remember it at all. That's crazy. So how long altogether have you been doing acrobatics? When was when did you first start? I think I got like seven years in right now. All right, cool. Still pretty new as as that goes. Now you're in amazing shape. You're you're in terms of what you can do and the way your body looks and everything like that. And you said that you started out kind of puny when you were in the army and stuff oh, like yeah. that. What has it been like to transform in that way? Has it given you more confidence? Do people treat you differently? Do you know? Oh yeah. Even and apart, separate from yeah, separate from the acrobatics, it's like it's a whole different. Yeah. You're, you're, there's probably people that know you from when you were 
younger that are like, holy shit, what happened? Like, yeah. that's amazing. I, I wouldn't... Well, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for the, saying right. such a nice thing, by the way. Uh, I still... You know, I'll be honest with you. I still... I th- and I think we all do this. I still look in the mirror and I see, like... You're always going to find things about you that can improve, right? Right. And I still, like... You know, I'll look at my wrists and think, boy, they're really tiny. I don't really see... People are always telling me you're fit and what, but I don't really see it, which maybe is a good thing. Yeah. You know, but because uh, it keeps me pushing. But I always feel like, boy, there could be more. But yeah, uh, it did change the way that people interact with me, for sure. And obviously it's every, you know, being a jock does get you a little more, I don't know. Uh, it's an opener anyway yeah. for people, which is right. really nice. Right. And how did you take it when you first went on the ships? You were when you were single. Was that whole world like exciting and like meeting people and you know the backstage ship crew romances and all that stuff? Yeah. Wow. My very first cruise, I can still remember. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even know where to eat. And there's no, there is a guest entertainer manual, but I didn't even know it existed at right. that time. Or how to even get into my cabin because it's behind a door that you're supposed to not open. Right. We're passenger status, right? Right. And uh, uh, I, I remember that first that first cruise just being so confused about everything. But we would go and meet people and say, "Hey, we're new," and it was a great. It was actually a better opener than than after that when we already were established because right. people would want to show you around and it it actually opened a lot of doors right away and we met a lot of people that very first cruise that I'll always remember now too where was it where were you at uh somewhere in the caribbean yeah i wish i could remember but it it was uh i believe it was the grand princess was our first ship right because it had those physical keys not the uh key cards like right. the modern hotels but actually a metal key Little, an old school metal key. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen a ship with that in years. Right. Wow. What was it like when you switched from your male partner to a female partner? Did you have to? Did you tell Micah that you like? I'm seeing another partner. <laughs> like, how does that work? <laughs> well, uh, I still work with Micah. Oh, that's um, cool. I'm pulling him in a few weeks on this same ship for uh, just before New Year's. We're doing a contract, but nice. he's he actually. Uh, he actually left me more. Um, right. He's uh, now training at Ecole Nationale de Cirque, which is a foremost training facility in the world. It's for circus stuff. They're really one of the very top. So he was young enough to get in, and I, I don't—I never had a shot. I was already like you seem like young to me, years, though. You're in your twenties, right? Yeah, but statistic uh, 33. Okay. But statistically, acrobats like peak their career at 25 or 26, wow. which is when I started. I was already a statistical improbability. Right. I'm so glad that you know I'm still here. You've done your thing. What's the worst? You, do you have an, a nagging injury or something that that you keep having to deal with, or that's like this is going to haunt me for the rest of my life? You know, I don't think that there's any that'll haunt me for the rest of my life, but. Uh, acrobats, uh, even more than the gymnasts, but both acrobats and gymnasts tend to get wrist problems, which I've learned the PT for them, and I do them whether I have pain or not, so right. I kind of keep it all at bay. Like the exercises. Yeah. yeah. What are they? Get, what's an exercise for the wrist? Um, well, generally in a handstand or like a back handspring, you're putting a whole bunch of um, uh, wrist extension yeah. on all at once under load. So you work the the opposite way. You work uh, at at uh, uh, from flexion 
to extension with so a resistance. So you would push it down like that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. yeah. Like you could push down on the back of your hand and push up, or have a yeah. weight that you lift that way. You lift your your uh, the back of your hand towards the ceiling or whatever right. against a resistance. Right. You do the exercises. Yeah. Do you yeah. find that you to do a lot of that stuff you'd have to be you'd have to have like not a lot of fear. Do you find that you have fear in other places or do you kind of oh, yeah. like a daredevil are you going to do anything? Oh, there's things I've I'm still trying to fight my fear on. Like one of my goals on this particular ship was to fight a uh, one of my longtime fears which is going out into bars and just striking up conversation. Right. Which has always been... I'm a nerd at heart. I went to school for computer science. It's right. really strange that I ended up here, honestly. Uh, and I still I still fight that. But I've been going out every night. Um, I'm actually getting to the point where I need to take a break. I need to slow it, slow you it down. You need to dial it down a little bit? Yeah, yeah totally. A little too much. Which is, which is great. That's where yeah. I wanted to get to. That's good. Um, I'm still afraid of really beautiful women. That one right. always will, uh, will get me. Or people that are really important. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, like cruise director even is like uh oh it's the boss yeah you know say the right thing now do you get um you know there's moment in some of your shows where the shirt comes off do the do you ever get the magic mic treatment by the women in the in the audience you know what i mean do they ever uh <laughs> you know oh we had some screamers over. the yeah. last one the last time i did that act actually we yeah. had uh, four, uh, four really awesome, very vocal ladies. Nice. Um, that were on the right side of what, what would essentially be our stage, and uh, they were great. I interacted them throughout the whole show. I got to play with them in that in that venue. I can play right. a lot, you know, right. right off the spur of the moment, and I got to play with them a lot. I think I think yeah, I ended up throwing my shirt uh, to them actually, and then collecting it later. It's always nice when you go and pick it up. Yeah. And they're it's, friendly. Yeah, it's funny. It's like a 10-minute, 10 10-minute, 10 15-minute show. Right. But an hour and a half of chatting, you know, really appreciative people up after. It's kind of kind of ironic almost, you know? Is there a trick or something that you want to get to that you're like, that's, that's like, I'm going to get to learn to do that or yeah. that you're working on? Like, what's the... Uh, what's the the trick you're sort of got your eye on all right that's a great question what a great question so right now the one that i put the most time into is a trick that the audience really won't actually applaud that much for but it means a lot to an acrobat and that's the one-arm handstand right um i can get holds now relatively reliably but not quite good enough to perform what's a hold what does that mean uh like uh, you can hold you can suspend you can sustain it yeah you mean just like a one hand handstand on the ground yeah as yeah. opposed to like a break dancer will often pop into it and yeah. freeze right and it's like maybe a second and a half long right. enough to see it take a picture but i want to actually like sustain it yeah 10 second holds 10 seconds would be really nice a reliable 10 second yeah. hold on one arm uh, not with the elbow bent, but everything straight. Right. Feet above the head. There you go. Handstand. That's I, I'm shooting for that myself. <laughs> it looks uh, like you're, you're doing pretty good. Thank you. You know, I can I can't even do a full wheel in yoga, which is a frustration. But I'm working on it. Um, what about the ship's movement? Does that affect what you do? Sure. It really makes training for that one arm really annoying. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, if it's really rocky, I just won't bother. I'll do other training. I'll still yeah. do handstands, but not that one because yeah. my form will go, and it's like backwards training. But other than that, I can deal. Um, if I'm flying, if I'm the one on top, the base pretty much sucks up a lot of it. Um, he'll still take a walk sometimes, but as long as I hold my position, it's okay. Yeah. You know, um, when I base Kira, it's a different game. 
Um, I have nowhere to fall because I'm on the bottom. Yeah. But she can. And it makes, because she's, she'll feel it, it makes my job really hard. Because once she starts to wiggle or whatever, and I'm trying to base it, trying to hold it, trying to, you know, keep her from falling, it becomes twice as hard. It's a, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. But uh, we've only had one drop in the show, and it wasn't a bad one. It yeah. came down totally safe. I saw the, the trick you do where you just literally, like an elevator, lift her up and over your head and then back down like you're a forklift. That looks really hard. <laughs> Cheers. That's sort of a signature trick for yeah. us. We're not the only ones that do it, but we're the only ones that are such a similar weight. Yeah. Usually it's like a huge dude, and they're usually straining. How much more do you weigh than she does? Uh, I think uh, I think it's like a 35-pound difference right yeah. now. I mean, we both fluctuate, but it's around there, 35 to 40 pounds. Wow. Now, it's Veterans Day. Did you know that? So yeah. I'm, we're honoring you. Ah, cheers yeah. for that. So you were on, in Iraq for, what, a year? Just a year, yeah. What, what, how did it change you, that doing your service and being over there? You know what's super cool? Uh, before we went over, you know, there was a lot of bad press about uh, that religion, right. you know, Muslim religion, you know, from the Christian standpoint, because, you know, U.S. is a lot of Christians, and over there is a lot of Muslims. Were you there when it was Bush or Obama? Bush. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and when I got there, what was, you know, after being, I don't want to use the word brainwashed, but we were, you know, it was pretty negative opinions. Right. But what was neat to me is I would see the children, and their kids, even though, like, there's so many cultural differences, kids are, they're just identical in, in every place you go they always laugh and run around and i don't know throw sticks around or right you know dig in the mud whatever the sand whatever happens to be around you know and they laugh all the same and that was uh that was really an interesting life lesson for me did you bond with your fellow soldiers was that like really bonding yeah. being over there together yeah totally yeah uh, in fact when i got home i had Hard to describe, but I couldn't even I couldn't even call my best friends, like, civilian side. I, I remember having my cell phone in front of me. This is a very vivid picture for me. And going, I had the number right up for my best friend, my best friend that I hadn't seen in forever. But somehow I couldn't, I just couldn't, couldn't talk to him. It was like a block in my head. It took a long time to After you got home, reintegrate. You yeah. That's yeah, crazy. which is silly, but there I it don't is. think it's silly at all. I think it's a thing. I read this really interesting article recently on PTSD uh, written by Sebastian Younger. Uh, and he talked a lot about a lot of soldiers and what that bonding thing is like and how in some ways that feels safer than being just at home in an apartment. Yeah. Being with people that close that you, that you trust so implicitly and that in some ways yeah. that's almost... Human beings are almost more wired for that experience. Yeah. Based on our our history and, and totally our evolution. Makes sense. You got more structure too, yeah, right? Yeah. There's more structure. You feel a part of something. You know where you fit, yeah. as opposed to being home and you know what I mean. And there's all yeah. that that stuff. It's really interesting. Oh yeah. What's your most uh, What's your favorite memory of being over there, working in Iraq? Uh, you know, ironic. Uh, I got injured. Uh, nothing like you know awesome i just got uh double hernia holy shit uh, just lifting weights right right uh, <laughs> you know that working out i was doing right and uh it meant that i got to go to qatar and get uh, operated on 
and there's an, the Qatar Air Force Base was really an awesome experience. I I've been to the airport in Qatar. It's crazy. Yeah. So you, you went to the Air Force Base. Yeah, and uh, it was like a vacation compared to yeah. the rest of Iraq, so that yeah. was a lot of fun. That's wild. Yeah. Now, as a, a gay person, I'm curious if you knew any gay soldiers over there, because this was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was rescinded. Was that ever any? Was there anyone you ever knew? Was it? Because I got the feeling that the policy was different than what people were experiencing on the ground. You know, in the, on the ground. Um, you know, I know that it was there. Um, but you, pretty closeted. It man. was still don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. But uh, when I was in boot camp, I know, I I know for sure. Like one of my buds was, he right. was definitely gay. Right. Like, there was this telling moment when we were putting on camouflage, for, uh, uh, camouflaging each other, like right. the face paint camouflage. Yeah. And it just, somehow I just knew right then that he was. And <laughs> it was it was an, an interesting moment, right. but you would never, uh, it was never anything open. You nobody just, was ever, nobody ever talked about anything. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yep, pretty, uh, pretty closed. Well, I'm glad that, that it's, it's changed since then. Um, so we're going to wrap it up, but what, here's my last question. What do you love about what you do? Um, what do I love? Oh, man. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. It's the wrap-up question. I don't even know where to start. Uh, no worries. There's a lot. That's a that's a huge one. Um, I love that I have dependable work. Princess is kind enough to usually book me, like, half a year in advance. That's great. Um, and it's a rate that I could perform for many, many years and just, just rely on this. Um, I like that I get to meet people from all over the world learn right. uh learn how to laugh in every language nice and uh, uh i like that uh i have so much free time you know yeah. aside from the like 30 minutes i might be performing on stage the rest of it is you could call it a vacation honestly yeah. and uh that's and nice. what do you do apart from training I, I know i see you at the gym a lot but what are the other things that you like to do are you a big reader do you play certain games or whatever yeah i'm reading um nicola nicola tesla's uh wizard right now and okay. i'm also doing another big hobby of mine is uh uh, speed cubing, you know the old what is Rub- speed cubing. Yeah, right. It's Rubik's cube. Super nerdy. Yeah, Rubik's cube. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm trying like learning new algorithms, teaching myself new algorithms to solve it more quickly solved? than I. But you can you've totally solved it. I can solve it, uh, but uh, I'm still really slow compared to real speed cubers. They're all under a minute, or some are under wow. thirty seconds. Some can do a blindfolded with one hand. I can do it under two minutes. How does somebody do it blindfolded? You have to see the colors. You Yeah, you see it once. Oh, and then they... And you get like 15 seconds or something like that. Wow. And then you go and solve it. How, how long does it take you to do it, if I just put a Rubik's Cube down right now? Um, well, with performance pressure, let's call it two minutes on the dot on That's average, incredible. I'm going to guess. incredible. Thanks. So huh. you're someone that can look at something really hard and feel like, okay, I can do, I can learn how to do that thing. You, you must have a, a patience to, to not be good at something right away. You, oh yeah, you, you gotta feel suck like that, a lot. With you gotta suck a lot. I think that's a, I think that's a character thing that's important. Not everybody has that, that patience to be able to like, keep at it. Have you always been like that? Uh, no, no. Don't you I, love how I say last question and I keep asking yeah, questions? It, it, I, I always totally do that. It. It, yeah, I always do that. This has been fun already. All right, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that changed a whole bunch for me. Yeah. I, I, I never used to believe in my own ability but each new thing you learn that's different that you never knew before makes you more confident about the next right right? what's your favorite thing to do in the show what's your favorite moment where you're like this is great pre-show 
pre-show is my probably my favorite because it's the one time where I have no script and I just do whatever I feel like on stage. It's before the actual show starts, before we're even introed. I just walk around and mess with people in positive ways. I never right. never embarrass anyone. You know, I want to make them all heroes for a moment, right. you know. And uh, maybe I'll grab a prop like a chair or a right. table right from the audience so it's a genuine, you know, it's not some gimmicked thing I brought along with me. Right. And I might do a handstand on it or balance it on my chin. That's my favorite part of, of, the, of performing uh, this show, is that I have that time to just be real, be a human right. being right. with all those other human beings. A human being that happens to be able to balance a chair on his chin. You put a, one of those big-ass chairs and put it on your chin and just support it. Anyone could do it. It's it, like anything. It's just time, right? All right. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you and cruise with you, and thank you for talking with me, and I hope our paths cross again. Thank you so much. Yay! All right. Oh, how can how can people learn about you? Do you have a website or anything like that? Ah, thanks. Yeah, we got to get a plug in. Sweet. Sure. Yeah. RoccoTheAcrobat.com. That's two C's. RoccoTheAcrobat.com. RoccoTheAcrobat.com, and we can see video footage and pictures and all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff there. Yeah, all right. Like awesome. Excellent. RoccoTheAcrobat.com. Are you on Twitter or any of that stuff? I am. Yeah. Uh, Lapair Show. Yeah. Uh, Lapair being spelled L-A-P-A-I-R-E. Is S-H-A-W. the P capitalized if I when Not I go to write this? Okay. Everything lowercase. Everything lowercase when I go to write up the blurb for this. Okay, exactly good to know. So. Awesome. All right, check it out. And uh, thanks again for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thanks again to Ronco LaPere. Um, check him out online. I think he just said all his stuff. Um, I'm recording this much later, so I don't have it in front of me. Um, so this happened. I got to host... Desert Dancing with the Stars in Palm Springs this past weekend. Um, The producer of it was someone that had seen the mismatch game a lot and thought that I might do a good job of hosting this extravaganza. And my co-host was the incredible Jackie Beat, who, for the first half of the show, Jackie was with me on stage, and then in the second half, she would be back with the dancers interviewing them in the kiss and cry area, just like Dancing with the Stars. It was awesome. And um, I'd never done a thing with a teleprompter before, and it was kind of far away, and I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to see it, but it went fine. It went really well. Um, I loved it. I hope they asked me back. It was a great event. And um, after it was over, I got to meet Megan from Mad Men, Jessica Paré, at a little after party. It turns out she takes Pilates from one of the uh, dancing uh, contestants, Ron, And she was there to support him. And she couldn't have been nicer. She was like, we love the show. And she offered to buy us drinks. And anyway, I had a Megan moment. And um, I told her that I really thought she was great in this movie, Brooklyn, that's about to come out. And she said she hadn't seen it yet. They hadn't... (laughs) I guess she thinks that... She said they... That she thinks the production thinks she lives in Canada, so they've been. She's actually here and uh, spends time in Palm Springs and supports her friends. So we love that. Um, that's it. All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye.